Who do you believe in? Who moves you? Who inspires you? My name is Tariq Ture, and I want you to meet some of the people that inspire me. And they've done that simply because no matter the situation, they've gone above and beyond. Welcome to Above and Beyond. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Tariq Ture here again with the Above and Beyond podcast. I thank you all for, for even just tuning in, Prairie. I just realized this. I'm going into over 10 episodes, so that's really cool. I'm thankful for the people for tapping in. Um, this evening, um, I got family on the line, which is odd because I think in the Muslim community, we, we weirdly have, we have like family that's like family, family. Then we have family that's like a halfway cousin that gave your uncle a ride home in 88. And so now that everybody's related in all types of stuff. And then we have family by marriage and all that type of stuff. So alhamdulillah, family by marriage uh, on, on, on the call this evening. And alhamdulillah, I, as I get older, I realize that our community just has so many gems in it. And we just got to like really give them their fair due and, and, and give them the ability to um, showcase that their talents. And so tonight I have on for our safe, um, who is a storyteller, uh, master storyteller, and is growing uh, his ability in front of our face. He's giving us a, a courtside view of what it is like to, uh, number one, establish yourself in a game of storytelling, whether that be comedy, whether that be writing, um, and other formats. But he's giving us a look into the process. And so I was very happy when I saw the video that he posted some weeks ago uh, with his stand-up, because I know how difficult it is to finally say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and hit publish. <laughs> so that can be one of the most nerve-wracking moments uh, whatsoever. But alhamdulillah, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a dear brother, um, not just in Islam, but just for the fact that somehow our families are mangled together some sort of way. And um, I really, really was excited to bring him to you all. It's been a heavy, heavy, heavy Ramadan in a good way. So I figured the best way to end this off is to introduce you all to somebody who, who is raising spirits with their work. So without further ado, on my long way to introductions, um, Fouad Safe, Assalamu alaikum. All right, Masan, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know I'm saying yeah. much success to the podcast, you know. Yeah, yeah, Episode yeah. 10, so hopefully we're here for, you know, episode 100 and 1,000. Inshallah, <laughs> man. This is my excuse to, like, talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a call. If I'd have called for I'd be like, yo, I just want to rap to you. I don't know if I'd have got you on the line, man. You'd have been like, yeah, you, you know my number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time. You have to talk to my agent. Come on, man. You know, hey, just the fact that we both from Maryland, like, because <laughs> I know you, you're in VA right now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we, 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 we move in a month. Um, so, yeah, man. So, inshallah, man, we'll be back, back in Maryland soon. Okay. Um, so, there's so much. There's so much I, I want to like kind of backtrack and, and, and go places I want to go. I, talk, I know your Instagram handle is homegrown immigrant. And that even in itself is something that's like we need a dissertation on that. Um, but let me, let's, let's connect some dots right there. Let's do that. <laughs> so I met your, I met your Ayeo. Okay. A minute, a, a while ago, some years ago. 
and it's just randomly like passing through the house to go see our brother Malcolm. Uh-huh. And um, I said to her, what did I say? I said, Right? Okay. And she looked at me like I was bugging because I was <laughs> dead wrong. Whatever I said, she just looked at me like. <laughs> She could so this brother uh, our best at work, right? He even like randomly teaching me like Somali stuff, but I completely forgot how you say like I haven't talked to you in a long time or something like that. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say that. And she just looked at me like no filter, just was like cut her eyes like that's my grandma, man. She don't have any filter whatsoever, man. So this is the only time I've ever said that again. Right. So after that I was like, you know, let me oh, right. talk next about time, Somali, right? Exactly, exactly. Oh, so have it on lock. <laughs> let's start top down man let's start top down let's start with a yayo and we'll we'll discuss how sort of uh, i believe you could say that kind of informs where you're at right now right for sure man i mean my grandmother my yayo she is one of those people that are naturally funny she doesn't try to be funny she's not trying to you know write jokes or say punchlines. it's just her natural demeanor and disposition is to just be hilarious. Like mm. she's very cynical. She says things how it is. She doesn't mm. show anything. You know, if you're bugging, she'll tell you straight up. You <laughs> right. She's very animated. She's extremely animated. And she herself is a, she's like an OG storyteller. Mm. Growing up, she would always be telling the stories about her childhood. And I mean, just the stories about like how she she had a dream about going to Hajj and then she ended up going to Hajj without any money or any people. And, you know what I'm saying? How she was talking about when she used to live in the in the countryside and you know she would get her the herds would be attacked by um, cheetahs and you know mountains mm. and you know talking about how she got married and how she moved to Saudi and coming here. So she was she's just always just full of stories. Like mm. pull up on her right now. You know, her, she only lived about five minutes away from me. I could pull up on her right now, sit down, and just start asking her, yo, yeah, yeah. like, do you remember, like, tell me the story again of what happened about so-and-so. And she'll be like, let me sit down, sit down. Let me, let me, let me wrap to you a little real quick. So I just kind of got my general, like, I guess, sense of humor from her. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, for people who see me, I post it every now and then on my Instagram. Like, she's hilarious. Like, I'll just ride around with her, going to Drummer, going to the Meshit, going to the store with her. And she just provides commentary. She just comments on everything and anything. <laughs> and what's funny, bro, is that she's completely opposite of my mom. My mom's not really like the, mm-hmm. the funny, like, you know, sense of humor type person. She's much more reserved and much more strict. It's much more to herself. Mm. So it's, just, it's just funny to see how those two people contrast and like how I kind of like took from both of them. Right, right. Um, what I always say is like, by the time... By the time somebody ends up in Saturday Night Live, by the time they get that like Netflix deal, people forget that most of these things, these expressions of the diaspora, within the diaspora, are just like regular stuff we already been doing. You know, somebody just turned the light on. They just put a camera on it. It was like... Absolutely, bro. You know, and yeah. so, um, you know, I know you, you guys are from the nation of storytellers. and um, yeah, it's it's just really good. So, you know, like my first, I guess my first introduction, like like Somali music culture was canine with like so many other people. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, um, my my nieces, my brother's uh, children, nieces and nephews, they all have Somali, and so uh, they were all when we went to the wedding. These people were like all super expressive, man. Like 
just very like I don't know how to explain it, <laughs> but um, but you know, alhamdulillah, I I think about uh the fact that we used to, we talk about people being storytellers now, and it's used very common, and so I'm not of the thought process like once a word becomes common, it's corny now and and all of that. Um, I think since we start to introduce storytelling more in our natural conversations, it's opened a window for be, for people to be uh to be will be truthful. So you talked about, um, you know, Yayo and kind of what she does. And so your work now, is it, is it sort of in the lane of, of same commentary? What are you commenting on? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that, how does that work out for you? Well, for me, it's like all of the material that I write and I perform are stuff that's actually, that I've actually been through. And I think mm-hmm. um, the best way to describe it is that um, I'm up there, I'm up there doing stand-up as a form of, of being heard. I want to be, I want my voice to be heard. I want my story to be heard. I want my narrative to be heard, right? right? Because, um, so I'll go back to my, yeah, yeah, she's like, in terms of poetry, bro, she's the type of person, she'll take a letter. She'll take the letter B, for example, Mm -hmm. and go off the dome and just start saying poetry that rhymes with the letter B and it all will make sense in Somali or whatever letter she chooses. Like, and, but, and my grandmother, by the way, she's, she doesn't read or write it's all just here her memory wow. is like mashallah her and she's like in her 80s wow yeah That's insane so um what has i guess if you were to comment on quarantine if you were to comment on corona right <laughs> somebody said well we need we need eight minutes you know you got an eight minute slot what, what would be your angle what would be your, your particular angle that's that's personal to you? Um, within me? I mean, I'm not married right now, but if I were married and I was through this corona, if I made it out on the other end still married, uh-huh. that means I can't get divorced for nothing. <laughs> right. Y'all gotta whatever's going through, y'all gotta work that out. Exactly. You just survived the three week lockdown. So that's that's because you know, you're in close proximity to somebody, every little thing they do starts getting on you. <laughs> hundred percent get it yeah, yeah um go ahead i'm sorry i was gonna say like um i think for me my the, what i like to i guess portray or project in my stand-up is just providing a perspective that people don't really hear because whenever you hear a muslim poet writer mm-hmm. comic muslim whatever mm-hmm. right, you're already pre-decision predisposition right. to be in a box Right. right, right. So I want to kind of highlight that, you know, I have many different things that inter- that I intersect, right? I'm black, right. I'm Somali, I'm Muslim, I'm born in right. America. All of those things exist and they all coexist at the same mm. time. Right. So right. I like to draw on common experiences that we all go through, but just to kind of give the insight to like how it's it's different and the same for somebody who is from my demographic, my ethnicity and mm. my socioeconomic background and going through right i come from a single parent household i right. come from the oldest you know i got married right. and i got divorced and so there are a lot of my own life experiences that i mm. feel, you know, find humor in and i feel like if i can just portray that in a normal way to mm-hmm. kind of feel like hey you know just because i'm black and somali muslim i still go through the things that just the average person right. goes through right i don't have to be the muslim this <laughs> is i don't have to limit myself to like muslim 9-11 jokes or you know what i'm saying mm. TSA security. Mm. 
Okay. No, that's that's excellent for me because I, I think um I just want I'm a, I'm gonna sort of go there. Um but like then you know the point of the point of art, like great, 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 great art, uh, I would say it does a, a few M's. And so a few M's, you know, it it magnifies mm-hmm. the mundane, right? The mundane, the, the usual just breathing and going through life right that you don't really notice you don't even pay attention to and then it makes that miraculous for the audience because then it's like i didn't even i wasn't even thinking about you i wasn't thinking about that uh at that point in time there's a um i forgot the the guy who wrote the essay and i'm not sure if you're familiar with it but he was talking about um how us going to the grocery store ends up being this like task that we don't even take any joy in because we're like grazing cows and he compared it to fish being in a fish tank and how uh how one fish like said to the other fish yeah you should really appreciate the water and the other fish was like water right they didn't even notice the, the the water it was in because it was so regular to them and so um what are some of the some of the like everyday things that you feel like people skip over, uh, where you feel like other you feel like other people have skipped over in order to get to that nine eleven joke. <laughs> like, like I mean, I'm gonna make my way to that nine eleven joke. Like, I can't leave stage without it. Yeah. That they can like that you feel like you you highlight that you know everybody connects to. I mean, like I said, you know, what I'm saying just growing up in a single parent household, having to deal with you know your parents getting divorced or being the oldest in the family, you know, being the stand-in parent, right? As mm. kind of are in between. You're not really a parent. You're not really a child. You're somewhere in between. Um, you know, just I mean, even going to the grocery store, right? right? So my mom does this thing where, without failure, every time as soon as I'm leaving the grocery store and putting the bags in the car, she goes, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I forgot. Can you go get this?" And I'm like, <laughs> or like should do something you you, you ever find it your parent ever get mad at you for not knowing something you weren't you're not supposed to know exactly yeah for sure i should call me off the random and be like hey what's my email password again i don't know (laughs) it's your password (laughs) it just you know what i'm saying so just just those kind of little nuances of life just you know that we all go through Um, yeah you know i have this thing where like i'm a young parent and i love being a parent um, but then I also realized that I don't really, I can't really stand other kids, other parents' children. Because, <laughs> man, certain people, they just let their kids act. And all types of fools out here, man. I'm like, mm-mm, it's going to be me. Right. I have the earth swallow me whole. <laughs> right. There's me all. They already think other black fathers can't, are we, they don't even think we're here to begin right, with. Right, exactly. Yeah. How noble of you, right? <laughs> I remember, man, I, I, I wrote this joke. Actually, it's a true story. I was at a Whole Foods. Um, and my son was like less than a year old at the time. And so I had him uh, in the stroller or whatever, going through the Whole Foods. I don't know why I'm at Whole Foods. Lord knows I can't afford to shop at Whole Foods. But that's another story. That's out with a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> so I get into, the, um, I get into the, the line to check out. And then this white lady comes behind me. And she's like, I just want to say, like, it's just so beautiful to see, like, a black man really there for his child. Like, no, it's not really that common, but, you know, I just, it just warms my heart. I'm sorry, I'm really getting emotional right now. And I'm just like, I just wiped his nose. Like, you gonna pay for my food? Right. <laughs> like, that's that's me that parsley behind you. Right, like, 
<laughs> so if I change this diaper, what are you gonna do? Like, you know, yeah. it happens, man. So you know, it's funny because, like, I think me not having my dad, it kind of like it shaped obviously who I am today um, mm. and how I want to be with my son. But then I'm like, man, I feel like I might be there just a little too much. Like, I feel like I just need to be a little selectively absent. Not, <laughs> like, not absent, but like, some people call it absent fatherhood. I call it character building. You know what I'm saying? You got to find a fine line in between. <laughs> you got to disappear for a few weeks to grow. You know what I'm saying? Just, you, gotta ma- you know, managing expectations is very, <laughs> you know? He, right now, he's expecting too much. He's expecting I'm going to be there for every little single thing. And I got to remind him, man, life ain't like that. So when he's saying my pops went out for milk, never came back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where you at, Dad? I thought you were supposed to pick me up from school. Hey, figure it out. Got the bus schedule, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. No, I had to put this. Is, this is great, man, because I was just, I had to uh, talk with Ustad uh, with Law Evans yesterday, and he was talking about just, you know, absentee uh, fatherhood. And, you know, he had really had a moment where he, he explained, you know, sort of his struggles with that, you know, deep moment. And, you know, like I always say, like, my my father, you know, he never knew his father. And he, just his entire, like, project of him with his kids is just, like, mm. it's off the cuff trying to figure this out. Like, just every day is, like, trying to figure 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 it out. And... I always say, like, we, you know, we more Frankenstein and Jackson 5, right? Like, we just piecing whatever. I'm telling you. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually coming out with a video on Shala on Father's Day. Kind of- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, one, the, the video that you just that you just recently put out, it was dope. It was amazingly shot. So, you got to drop the information for the, for the person who shot that. And then, what... um. Yeah, what what brought you? Because that was that the first time you, you you put out something like that? No, I put out something like that uh, back in February. Okay, second time. That was time, it. It was shot differently though, right? Am I right? Shot differently, but same dude, same my guy, same. Okay. Same. Okay. Cool. Well, what a difference a few months made. God. Okay. February tomorrow. Actually, yeah, it was like literally a month. Oh yeah, he got in the lab. Man. He was he was in his Batman cave. Okay. So, um, so yeah, what, what made you say, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just throw these two on the fire and see what happens? You know what's crazy, bro? I've always been into stand Like, comedy is, is very therapeutic for me. Like, mm-hmm. Through a lot of my struggles in life and really hard moments. I've always been into stand-up. I mean, Dave Chappelle, I'm from Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland, bro. So, oh. that Dave Chappelle is oh. Silver Spring, Maryland. Like, you already bomb. Right. He's, he's my goat. And the Chappelle show, I actually have the DVD, the Chappelle show season two. I feel like that, that was my first introduction to, to actual comedic content. And every, from, from that point on, I'm like, man, this guy is a genius. Like, and I just, I just fell in love with the, with the art of standup because I learned from early on. It's like, I was, bro, I'm, I'm naturally a shy person, like growing up in school and everything. I wasn't no jokester. I wasn't no class clown. I wasn't no person that could just roast people at, at, mm-hmm. at the lunch table at school. Um, I was to myself, but I was always a very observant person. So I would mm. observe and just take notes and, you know what I'm saying, just keep things, keep game. And I think that's the what I've learned from the, the, the successful comic or stand-up, you know, comedians or, or performers. They're not like the naturally ha-ha-ha funny people. They just, they have a very clever way of telling their story, of telling, like you said, everyday mundane activities. Mm. Exactly. 
And it's like a lot of, and the ones that really resonate with me are the people that can get vulnerable up on stage and really talk about their own issues. Right, right. Especially the, the latest one where he talks about, and I, everybody has had, I, well, let me say everybody, a good amount of people that I know. <laughs> I get some millionaire friends that have different stories. <laughs> anyway, everybody has had the experience where like, you go to a homie house and it's a little bit different there. Yep. Things are things are a little bit different, and so when he described, you know, going to his friend house and like what they was eating and all, and so like, <laughs> if you've been there before, you were sitting in the driver's seat, like, like wow. yeah, wow, dang, he's he's what as they say, he's unpacking this for us. Right. So that was in itself just genius because I feel like he he has a personal story that he comes at it for so so many unique angles that puts you like just just right lit like you i felt like i was there with him and he was like yeah they got stove top stuff in it's <laughs> like i really want some <laughs> so um but so uh jordan peele jordan peele said that he doesn't t- he's not gonna write it unless it's autobiographical right so i'm not i'm not gonna engage it unless it's autobiographical so when you're writing, are you saying to yourself, "Get out" makes a lot more sense now? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He got like a white wife or something like that, so he's probably had some very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you're writing, is there certain parts of it where you stop and say, "Oh, I know this is going to connect with you know uh, people from Silver Spring," or oh, "I know this is going to connect with uh, people who went to a certain high school," or yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Somali people or something like that. And how do you put all that all, all together so it makes sense? For me, it's like I don't. Again, I don't want to box myself into a Muslim comic. I feel like I want to be able to make anybody laugh. I want mm. my com- I want my content to be as as general and as like as, to cast as wide of a net as possible. I don't mm. want people in the crowd to feel like I couldn't relate to any of these jokes, so I didn't. Mm. Really- right. right. There are obviously going to be a couple of niche jokes, and I think a, again, a really good performer. Like, if I know I'm going to be performing at, uh, which I, inshallah, once this whole pandemic is over, there's going to be a Somali conference, I think, in Minnesota. I know mm. the, the crowd is going to be the majority of Somali people, so my content, I'm going to have to write jokes that it's going to resonate with them. It's going to hit right, me. Right, right, right. right. I go to a, a general open mic downtown, it's got to be more generic stuff. It's got to be stuff that, like, the every, like dating and, you know, parents and kids, like, the, the things that are universal that everybody has right. to do. Right, right. No, that's like at the DMV or traffic, pull, getting pulled over, things that everybody go through. Right, right. So, so let's 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 get into duality because, um, you were one of the one of the the, the kids who had to memorize the Quran. Yes. Right. And yeah. so, um, how do how do you how do you strike that balance and? I mean, I'm I'm always proud to know that we have like people who sort of have a different I guess mode you know other than so it 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 humanizes you because the minute that somebody learns the Quran in the community it's like man they walking on water like you know what I'm saying baby (laughs) I've lived it and I continue to live it unfortunately (laughs) you know like you said you just get a label gets put put on you and and growing up as a kid it's very discouraging when you see your friends engaging in activities that you may know, like, okay, 
like you just want to do it with them like you don't you don't want to feel left out you don't want to feel like you can't participate just because of a title that you have mm. right? and then it kind of creates some some resentment on the inside like that i really you don't you don't get to appreciate the blessing that you have because you feel like it's holding you back right 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 Me, actually with my journey with the quran i actually finished it when i was 23 i actually finished it in my you know like as a young adult mm-hmm. um I had I had learned majority of it growing up as a kid, went away from it from a bit, and then I came back to when I was 17 or 18, and I said, okay, I I want to do this now. Like nobody forced me, nobody, you know, my mom wasn't the one telling me. But I went paid out my own money, made my own time while I was in college, while I was in university, while I was working, going through it. Because I know for me, it's 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 my litmus test when it comes to my iman, my faith. Like I know if my relationship with the client is straight and solid, then I'll, I'm in a good place. And if it's shaky, then yeah your boys hurt <laughs> okay yeah. I'm the, no I'm, I was so happy I was so happy uh just to to know that because again we got to be able to like let people be human okay. and what it also does is it's like yo you know you regular person whoever you is like you can memorize the Quran too like you don't you don't have to be a saint you know it may make you more saintly make perhaps you know within your own personal space and time it's an extra um, level of responsibility for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that was like that that was good because it shows us us being dynamic. Um because it's crazy. What is some of well, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just just the last the last you made me remember it. You made me remember something else. It's like, yeah, you could be a person memorize the Quran, but you, you play football, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play soccer. Like you know the sports, sports and music culture are intertwined. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? You're in the locker room. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't know all the songs that my boys are rapping out to. And because I've memorized the I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Right, 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 right. right, right. Like, it's, it's, again, like you said, humanizing and just being honest and understanding, like, yo, we all have things we struggle with. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Moment that you feel like you want to hide. Like, I think I wrote is, like, the fear of people become, the fear of God becomes secondary and the fear of people becomes primary. Hmm. You're not worried about what lost thinks of you you're worried about how you're going to be looked you know how the people are going to perceive you mm-hmm. that's a very scary place to be in right? yeah listen i i know i know and so i've never experienced football culture overseas okay. but i hear it's like i hear it's really i hear it's really insane like it's oh, it's sure. it's actually like almost unhealthy <laughs> to, to, the way it is and so you experience that too so like what what is that? I mean, what is that? Like, I feel like Allah has, has, has put you just on this sea of experiences that now, like, you know, you're ready to, to tell them, you know? So. Like, growing up in Egypt, man, I, 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 it's funny, man. Like, I actually, funny again, I wrote another joke about this the other day. Um, you know, when I lived in Egypt for about five years, you know, I'm dealing with overt racism. People mm. call me the N-word to my face every single day and I'm getting mad and I'm getting heated and I'm fighting back and I don't know the language and it takes me a while and, and I'm going through all that only for me to come back here. And then in my first day of high school, I go to one of my homies in my class. I'm like, man, these white people are tripping, right? My nigga? He's like, first of all, I ain't your nigga African Buddhist. Wow. So I'm like, damn, I'm getting mad for five years for what? Apparently, apparently, I'm, <laughs> apparently I'm not black enough. Wow. Right, so just even trying to find comedy in in being in between, like mm. you know what I'm saying. When I'm overseas, I'm that. Right. When I come here, you ain't black. Ain't it? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. 
Um, so how did you deal then? I mean, I don't know. I trying to remember it now. I guess I tried to make light of the situation, but then you get as you get older, as you um, get in contact with more different different people and people from different walks of life, you realize not everybody is as mm. culturally aware as mm. people are, right? So some people don't know the basics of race and ethnicity, for example. Surprise! <laughs> people are really like clueless. Yeah. You yeah. know, the difference between your race and your ethnicity can be two separate things. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's just, it's just understanding. I feel like the more that I've grown, the more I realize, yo, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, listen mm. to us as, more, as much as you speak. So just right. let, hear people out, take things in, listen to understand. Don't listen to respond because a lot mm. of people want to just listen just so that they can just get their point across. They're not right. really taking anything in. Right. Well, you, I think one of the things I, I learned is like super powerful is like asking questions. Yeah. So like now when somebody says something just completely off the wall, I just be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 You say African, but what do you, what do you mean? Like, what do you, and most of the time, once they hear the question of what they just stated back to them, uh-huh. It, it they dissolve they like just start melting because they know it came from a place of just and the funny thing is i never understood that i never had a skin mark a day in my life i've never <laughs> we're clean man we don't saying we ain't got we's clean as a whistle so i was like i've never scratched my i've never scratched my booty before so where is that you know what i'm saying like where's right. that even coming from right right yeah and then like yeah you messed with it so one of, so one thing i realized like people who are funny uh are extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it when I was in high school because I would see people who would bother people who were funny mm-hmm. and it would go south. It For the first five minutes, it's cool. You know, it's ha, ha, ha. And then, like, for the next class, the rest of the class period, that person would just be just tearing them to pieces. So, like, even, like, Nadira, when, like, people would be trying to, like, heckle her, just be like, yo, Chill. Leave comedians alone. <laughs> like they can actually, they can really make you feel like worse about yourself. Like here's the thing. Me, like I feel like I've just started out like that. The the latest video that I posted, believe it or not, that was the fourth time I've ever performed. Mm. That's my fourth time only. So, wow. um, I I I have a lot to learn in terms of crowd control, hecklers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just engaging. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. that off the cuff, like being able to go back and forth. I got yeah. a lot of on that. So I, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that. I want to be able to. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Don't do it. Yeah, because he's he's actually waiting. <laughs> he's praying. I wish somebody would. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get into fatherhood, man. Um, and, you know, you can be as candid as possible and reserved as possible about it. Um, fatherhood and everything that is because kids are, are a comedy show within themselves they are drama mm-hmm. horror film <laughs> genres of, of film how is that informing your work man like what is what is your son doing on a daily where you're like all right let me pocket this he the funny thing is man he has my dad's personality he's super outgoing mm-hmm. he's, he's the he's the life of the party he's funny he he's very animated like he's just a social butterfly right mm-hmm. and like i look at him and it just makes me that much but the one thing that i've learned i think that i've taken the biggest thing that i've taken from fatherhood is that 
it's one thing to be active, but it's another thing to be present. Mm. So like being present in the sense that you're aware of your child's personality. You're aware of how they best communicate, what gets them going, what turns them off, what allows them to listen, mm-hmm. right? Getting through to them, right? Knowing where you need to be on their case, knowing where you need to kind of let things slide. All of that, you know, I'm starting to appreciate that because I'm learning every single day, mm-hmm. right? There are times where I think, all right, everything's great, man. I got them on a nice routine. Everything's good. Next thing you know, you know, something happens where it just throws all of that off. Like right now, I'm dealing with something where he's just defiant, man. He's just like, I want to see how far I can push back. Mm. I get my dad to snap. So he's testing me and we're fasting. And it's the last thing you're gangster. He's testing me, man. I'm just like, <laughs> you, know, you don't, you really don't want to see me get to another level. Man. But all I say, I say all of that to say like, it's the biggest blessing because through parenting him, I've learned that kids listen to what you do. They don't listen to what you say. So when I ask him to be honest with himself, so I have a very big thing where I'm, I'm very big on self-accountability. So if he makes a mistake, I, I hold him accountable and I want him to get in the habit of holding himself accountable and being okay with saying, yeah, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I did something wrong. I'm going to work on it. I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to fix it to be better. Mm. The last thing I need for me to do is to coddle him or to to give him some false sense of security that what he's if he's doing something wrong, but no, it's actually right. Like I'll make a bunch of excuses for him because mm. I'm raising a boy and that boy one day will become a man and that man right. will go out into the real world. And yeah. to make sure to get him ready as especially as a black boy, black man, right. you know, the odds are already gonna be stacked against you. So right. I need to give you and equip you with the tools that are gonna give you the best chance to be successful. Right. To handle right. whatever life throws at you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's and, I, and I feel like since I never had that, it means that much more to me. Mm. I never had nobody to teach me. I never had nobody to teach me about puberty. I never had nobody to teach me about sex. I didn't have anybody to teach me about uh, taxes, starting a company, how to be a fa- how to be a husband, how to be a father. All of that I'm learning as I go. Right. And like you said, the Frank is that like we. It's just it's just a it's just a science experiment. So <laughs> if I had to, well, what was the whole line? Hope I had to do that so you ain't had to go through that. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So sure. if, I gotta, if I gotta go through that, I could do it so that you ain't gotta go through that. Right. I can, I could be the person. I could be the, you know what I'm saying, the, the coach. You know what I'm saying, being your corner, be like, all right, you gotta tighten this up, do this, don't do that. Mm. I, and I love it. I enjoy it because my son and I, we have a very special bond to where, like, when I sit down and talk to him. Whereas sometimes you might like you get frustrated and yell, he'll just tune you out. But like when I really sit him down and talk to him, he, he understands. Like, yes, mm. Mm. Says, I know I can get through to him. In yeah. Way, probably nobody else in this world could get through to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. I'm thinking about um, my, my children. Uh, we got different personalities, man. My, uh, my oldest, she's like super dainty, real perceptive of other people's emotions and like she's like a, a like a little healer like she's gonna make sure everybody's straight and all that type of stuff and so my second oh, she's three I always have to be careful with discipline of her because she's like a lion man and I don't want to ever I don't want her to lose her sense of shame mm-hmm. I feel like you know once you discipline once they realize like oh all this is going to be is discipline <laughs> if I can get past that, I'm gonna keep doing what I want to do. Yeah. So it's just so difficult, you know, sometimes to manage that and 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 deal with them. And of course, my son is just watching them, so 
yeah, man, more more power to you and just even fighting that fight and, you know, breaking breaking cycles that can potentially carry on. Like, <laughs> like I remember I was 20. I'll never forget. Um, I had like a father-son type of event at, at my university. And I wasn't going to go, obviously, right? Mm. And my mom was like, why don't you take your uncle? And I don't really have a relationship with my mom's brother. Like, I don't, I don't have a relationship like that with him. Mm-hmm. I was just so mad and I just got so heated. I just stormed out and I was like, I remember that day I made a promise to myself, like, a lot ever gives me a child, whether I'm married, whether I'm divorced, mm-hmm. I have a child of wedlock, it don't matter. If that's my seed, like, I'm going to do my job because I'm, mm-hmm. I, this ain't it. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want somebody, I don't ever want my child, my son and my daughter to, to, to feel this way that I feel right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not married right now. I've been mm-hmm. divorced. So that, you know what I'm saying? Being able to have gone through the shared that shared experience with my father, but like have come out on the other side and learned from it. Mm-hmm. You know, if he were here today, I feel like at least he would be able to say, like, you know, you learned. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you. I have a thing like I like to say, be, be better, not bitter. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know holding on to that hurt and that pain, sure. just be better. You know what I'm saying? For like sure. to, to to channel channel in a positive way. For sure, no, absolutely. Uh, that's one of the like bitterness, man. I feel like I don't know. The internet exposes bitterness. Mm-hmm. A lot of bitter people. People be exposing themselves, <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, what? Like, not everything belongs on Twitter. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's I'm like I'd be like, yo, why are you so? And you, but you gotta realize that it's you know you you people who they didn't make that soccer team, you know, when they was nine or oh yeah. They really wanted to sit in that particular desk, you know, when they was in elementary school, you know, in high school, that they didn't get that girl. Or, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, you found an outlet. So, like, ah, like, I'm just going to let the chopper spray anywhere. Yes, yeah. And it just started manifesting itself in the worst ways. It's just like, yo, it's four in the morning. Like, what are you doing? Like, zapping on the internet. So, at any rate, um, so I met, uh, I met Yassine uh, Osman. Yes, um, yes, so I met him. That was a long time. Four, maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Dope, dope, dope brother. For sure, for sure. And he had these sort of ideas as we were talking about just making sure he was documenting, saying the same way that you are, um, just regular life. Mm-hmm. And so since then, he's been doing. You know, he has shoot for peace. A yeah. couple of initiatives, like he has like a children's cartoon now. Yeah. And then, um, I, I think Mustafa, Mustafa the Poet is Sudanese. And so I heard about his work and sort of the, like, Regent Park. And so has a lot of immigrant families that came to Regent Park. And he has been working within his art to, to sort of document um, what's been happening. So I wanted to get into homegrown immigrant and... Do you feel like that is a part of that the continuum of documentation um, within you know uh, the brand of homegrown immigrant or just the the mission of of homegrown immigrant? Because I feel like that's such an oxymoron, but yeah. it's so true. Like it's <laughs> it's like you live here, you got a passport, you got an ID, but you ain't from here. <laughs> I don't care how many generations of kids you have. I'm just an immigrant. You can't deport. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel. That's how that's honestly how I feel. Mm-hmm. I was born in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'm just as American as anybody else. 
Right. I love barbecues. <laughs> I love football. I love, I love, you know what I'm saying? All the normal things that are staple in American culture, but you can't pronounce my middle or last name or first name. <laughs> right. So, so that, that feeling has always been there. And I think like, you know, I feel like I'm a homegrown immigrant. I feel like I've just an immigrant, but I was just born and raised here. So it's mm. just like, you're just caught in a dichotomy between both worlds. And mm. what better way to highlight that than to, you know, speak on it. Right. 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 No, I think, I think it's amazing. I think it's, I mean, it's a lot that people will connect with. I mean, we live in a post nine eleven world. And so, well, I mean, what I want. If you were from like black diaspora and you're an immigrant, like pre nine eleven was still like a hellhole anyway. So <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. But a lot of my brother brothers and sisters were like trying to mm-hmm. figure out after nine eleven when they were like, actually, just because you moved to suburbia, you yeah, you yeah. can catch catch this work too. Exactly. Um, but just hmm, is is the purpose of homegrown immigrant to occupy a certain space? Or are you seeking to carve out, I guess, your your own identity for, for, for people who, who've gone through some of the things that you've gone through? Yeah, it's really, yeah, just similar to what you just said right now. It's really to, to kind of give up, to begin a platform because, because I know my experience is such a shared experience. Like, mm. it's not just for Somali, it's not just for Muslims, for any, any person from, of a different ethnicity that's born and raised here that feels like they're, they don't feel like they have a place, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? don't feel like they have a category that really like you know fully uh defines them mm-hmm. so i'm sure so many people can relate to and i just want to kind of i guess begin that platform to put it out to put that narrative to put that perspective that point of view out there yeah because you could easily been like you know before i say like, yeah so yeah you know i'm saying i agree you know i That's- see that it could, you could easily done that and mm-hmm. that have been that but then have been boxed and that have been it have been particular to you Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and so like nobody would ever been able to step up to that plate afterwards. Um, who? So who? Who are some of the people who you draw from now that are living? Let's get into like living people that uh, are storytellers that that you 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 see them. You're like, all right, cool, boom. I, I think I, I you find inspiration from it. I mean, well, like I said, Dave Chappelle for sure, because I feel like in terms of as a comic. He's at the top of the top. He's mm. top, like he's crumb to the crumb. And I'm sorry, um, if you're a Warriors fan, you ain't finna tell me, yeah, I love watching the Warriors because I love to see how Draymond Green set screens. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> right? Nobody's talking about, yeah, yeah, when Brown was with the Cavs, man, Della Vadova, that was my guy. You know Draymond I mean? been catching it lately. <laughs> so you, it, you watch the greatest. You watch right. Kobe, you watch Jordan, you watch Braun, you watch... Right. And I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna sit around and watch Amy Schumer's Netflix special. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I'm gonna watch people that like Dave Chappelle, Bernie Mac, Chris Rock, mm. uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie, Eddie, like just all of the the people that I feel like again, they're up there just speaking their own truths, speaking their truths, and 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 shedding light on their pain. Uh, mm. I know, like, you know, I, I, I remember I opened up one time. I said, yeah, I've started out the stand-up thing because it's a lot cheaper than going to therapy. It's a fact. Right? So it's just like, it's, 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 again, it's a, it's, a, it's, a form, it's a form of therapy. I, I draw inspiration from my grandma, funny enough, man, because, like, like I said, 
I'll sit down and I'll write jokes and I'll write scenarios out and everything. But like, if I just go to her, guaranteed she's having me rolling on the floor for one reason or another. And just to, just to get that in me, I feel like it just it just recharges my batteries. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It recharges that that humor that I love. Right, right. So uh, when I have to give presentations about the the purpose of art, so now we go into the Muslim realm. Like, what is okay? What is our our responsibility as Muslim artists? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I always say, you know, three things to you know to to either uh, cause people to introspect, to inspire them, or interrogate. And I'm thinking about the scene in the movie with Richard Pryor where they go into the Egyptian ruins. I know if you have you seen this you seen this uh yeah so they go he's 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 like the only black dude with these other archaeologists. Okay. These other white dudes. And so he they he's holding up torches to the statues and the mummies. And he's like, hold on bro. Man this guy look like my uncle. And then he holds the torch up to the next I like that too. He's <laughs> <laughs> like he's like hold on bro this dude look like me. Hold on. Dude. So he's going to all the mummies and stuff and like, look at that. He's looking at their facial features and stuff like that. And then somehow we were, no, the, the white dude just like turn off all the torches and like that ends it. Yeah. And so I thought that was so genius of him. And I thought that that laid on the axis of interrogation and made you question like, well, how is that? And so are there some things that you would like to question, right? You know, that you're gonna you're gonna try to maybe deal with later. Don't give don't give up the sauce. Like don't I don't wanna see nobody doing your bit like later. You be like, yo, you was on a podcast, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude just, just landed twelve million with Netflix. Thank you, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. I, I think we do with me, especially with comedy, because I know there are Muslim comics out there, right? But um, they kind of almost, they're Muslim. They don't, and fair play to them, they don't try to like uh, wear the banner of Islam when they're out there on the mic or on the stage performing. Uh, they just happen to be Muslim. They're comedians, they're artists, they're poets, mm. right? But for me, it's like, like I said, I, I don't want to ever consider myself to be a comic. I have too much respect for the craft. I know people that have been doing it like their whole lives, are dedicated mm. club after club after club, years after years on the road. I'm just starting, bro. I'm doing this as a hobby. It's a form of storytelling. So I'm never going to disrespect the craft. I'm never going to be like, yeah, I'm a comic now just because I got mm. on Instagram. Like, no, <laughs> I respect people who really put their blood, sweat, and tears into this. But for me, as someone, like I said, who has all of those different intersectionalities, I think it's my job to teach, like to to teach people and make them laugh at the same time. Right. So, like I said, like teaching about, like you know, when you are in a single parent household as the oldest child, you fall you fall into this like in between spot. You're not a child. You're not a parent. Right. Like, you certain privileges, and sometimes you go back and forth with your mom, and you know y'all get into it. Mm. And, um. You know, but then you realize you ever get into it with somebody, but then you realize you need them to do something for you right after. <laughs> Right. And you know, people, man, we prideful, so we don't ever apologize. Right, right, right. We just right. offer unsolicited help. Right. <laughs> say that one more time. Say that one more time. Saying, you know, we're prideful people, man. We're prideful as hell. So, you know, we don't ever really say, I, I'm sorry. We don't ever outright apologize. We just offer unsolicited help. 
That's a fact. That's a fact. Here, I made you a sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, before I drop off your first and only grandson, I'm gonna go to the Giants. Anything that you need, I can pick up some water, milk, right, juice, right, whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying. Right. By the way, you said you're gonna watch your, my grand, your grandson, my son, in a couple hours. Just reminding you. Right, 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 right. Tapping him, smile, smile now. Right, right. right. So just, just little things like that, right? Uh, mm. um, so, you, uh, this is this is the last question. I listened to Ha Davis talk oh, about. Man. Yeah, no, Ha is Ha is crazy, man. Ha is crazy, man. This is beyond um, me. This is beyond me. So two things. One of the reasons why my mother, um, she's super perceptive about art. And she said, um, she said a long time ago to me, she said, you know, what makes what makes art great, what makes characters great is if you can make it seem like you're talking about people, you know, or you're being people, you know, mm -hmm. which is why Martin was so phenomenal, because he was people like you regularly. He'd be like, y'all got an uncle like that like right now and call him out right right now. Like he is Jerome. Like he's, you know what I'm saying? Like he is the. Uh, you know, a failed pimp, man. You know like, <laughs> he has no more sauce anymore, but he right. does it. I know it, right? So, um, I'm thinking about Haha -Ha Davis and him mentioning that he was super transparent, man. He was like, I was making videos for IG, and it was going well, but I had to do stand up, and he said he hit a wall because. You know, a 12-minute a, a set, 15-minute set might break you, right? You're going a reverse route. Like, you're on some, like, like doing it like the samurai way. So this is different. So what's up? What, what, why you ain't saying, where's the 30-minute skit? You know, what, why are you trying to be a samurai? Why you don't take the easy route? That's what I, I feel like I know, I think a really important thing is to, like, know, like, know your lane know what you're good at know what you know i know mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a skip person i'm not a person that's going to get in front of the camera and you know what i'm saying record those silly videos like i'm comfortable enough to say that that's not my strength and i'm okay with that so you shooting for jedi level i'm gonna big you up for you so you so you want to be a jedi is that, is that what you're saying in, in a roundabout no, way <laughs> i think i think i have i have like okay i'm pretty decent at impersonations and accents okay i'm an okay storyteller and like I said, I like to think that I could have a clever way of like throwing punchlines in there. So I think those three things and, and being somebody who's, you know, traveled and I've seen different, you know, cultures and stuff like that knowledge and experience, I think are, are, are recipes or like ingredients for like a good stand up performer. Right. Whereas skits, like more often than not, people that do skits, like like you said, they, they were usually like people that could roast you back in the day. The class mm. that have always just been funny funny people like ask anybody that's known me from 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 my childhood i'm not like the funny funny guy <laughs> right. i'm very calm cool collective reserved to myself but it's like again the observant piece i feel like is what ties everything in mm, okay all right no no that makes perfect sense um so we we uh we are closing out ramadan um and i think i'm i'm labeling this episode you know sort of a last laugh before eat yeah. And the reason I'm the, the only reason I'm doing that is because I realize we really get in spaces where we take ourselves so seriously mm -hmm. that it gives us no room to fall, right? And so our storytellers give us the ability to 
be able to recognize like everybody's gonna stumble, man. Like everybody's gonna be, and you know, everybody's gonna be deficient in some sort of way. And like y'all, y'all hold that deficiency in a certain light where it's, it's not so brutal. It's, it's, you know, it's not so painful. You're not making light of, you know, us falling, but you're, you're bringing light to us falling, I guess. Um, so as, as to close out on that note, and just not taking yourself so seriously, um, and you said this is therapy for you. you yeah. know? So as we close out a month, you know, Ramadan has been this, this great intimate friend for us. It's showed us ourselves in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you say to, as we close out, to people who, who need to start stop taking themselves so seriously, like loosen up? You know, it's going to be okay. Allah is, Allah is merciful. You know, like, you know, he's he, the bounty is there for us. And, yeah, you know, be able to just tap into another side. Just understand that, like, you know, Jenna is full of people who commit sins, right? Mm. Um, if we didn't sin, then Allah would do away with us and make people, bring people that did sin and can come back and, and, um, and ask for forgiveness. And just to understand that, you know, like you said, life, you know, saying like, you can't take life too seriously because if you do, you're going to kill yourself before the high. We already, we already have hypertension, a high blood pressure predestined in us. So, you know what I'm saying? Why are you going to, why are you going to accelerate that process? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Just live and let live, man. You know what I'm saying? Laughter is a really good cure. It's a great, it's, a, it's the best medicine. And, uh, mm. you know, if you, and I love, honestly, bro, I love laughing at myself. <laughs> stuff happens to me i'd be doing stupid stuff all the time <laughs> right. you can't laugh at yourself then can you really laugh at anything else mm. Gen- really genuinely speaking like if you can't make fun of yourself or if you can't have somebody make fun of you and like laugh at it then right you know saying? you only you're not fooling nobody <laughs> so you know i'm listening to um we had a um we had a program at last late at night that uh dr Bilal where who has done some extremely good work, um, really just unraveling some texts from West Africa about Quran schooling and history there and then some of the shiuch and stuff. And so he talked about a lot of sense of humor when the the, uh, the last person from from, from uh, Jahannam is taken out mm-hmm. and he's asking a lot like to get nearer and nearer to Jannah. Like, oh, I just want to sit a little bit closer to it. Was, and he's like, a lot is acknowledging this with a sense of humor. like. Come on, bro. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> you know, wow, so, who, um, the person who makes a bunch of dua but doesn't see any of their duas, mm. and then on the day of judgment, um, they have a mountain, and that's the, the duas that Allah saved. And be like, mm. I wish none of my duas in the in the dunya were answered. <laughs> that's yeah, there's a, there's there's an element of humor to that, right? I'm, right, right, right. No, Alhamdulillah, man. Well, I, I thank you, um, for for doing what you're doing, and um. You know, you have you have my utmost support. Uh, I know that a lot of times we we want to wait. You know, we want to wait to see whether somebody going like right. bubble with the you know. You know, I mean, just stand on the sidelines and wait. <laughs> when it get hot, though, and be like, hey, what, yo, I'm coming to the podcast. You know what I'm saying, I'm, you know, nah. I'm saying you're not hot right now, but yeah, you know I mean, like yeah, yeah. You know, Anytime, bro. Come on. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, I heard you got the Netflix special. You know. So. <laughs> You know, we that time we was actually you know, your people's house. You know, no, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, uh, yeah. Can you get my management email? <laughs> oh, man, inshallah, man. Inshallah. Yeah, I just wanted to do that now. Flowers now, inshallah, and uh, I promise you, this is gonna be 
a, a healing source, inshallah, all of us. All of us, inshallah. And I mean, I know, I know you just had your, uh, you just had your book. You got, you got, alhamdulillah, you had a very successful. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Shoot, it came out of nowhere. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I was going to have an anxiety attack. Like, what? Like, I was just joking. <laughs> we need, like, we need people like you, man. We need people like you. Inshallah, man. Inshallah. It's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work to go around. So we're looking forward to to whatever comes next. And, um, you know, inshallah, your family safe and sound for, for Eid. Y'all have a good, you have a relaxed, laid back Eid, a whole bunch of jokes. Yeah, yeah, yo, it's like. She's cool. I'ma learn that. I'ma learn that phrase when I come. Man, I got you, man. Like I said, bro, you know, <laughs> I got you with the play by play. I ain't even going. I ain't even going. Uh, I ain't even going like just run up on it with. I'm just gonna say it on the slide correctly. Like that. Keep it moving. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Hello, man. But you be safe, okay? You be safe and be safe. <laughs> come on, man. You already know. <laughs> safe hands over here. All right, Hamdullah. All right, sorry. Be careful. Be careful, Inshallah. Assalamualaikum. Oh, I'm